changing your light bulb, you know, turning off the water when you're, when you're brushing your teeth are cute little ideas. But the best thing that you can actually do is change what you have on your plate because that says a lot more than changing a light bulb because that has impact that permeates every cell of your body. So what I mean by that is that because we talk about energy because... I think the mental clarity comes from obviously less digestion, but on a spiritual level, I believe that when uh, an animal is slaughtered, that energy doesn't dissipate. When that that enemy, uh, the animal feels that fear just before it's it's gone, that energy stays there. And when you consume that, you consume the energy as well. So so I think energy doesn't just dissipate, it changes its form. So I think that's also part of the reason why I'm a lot more connected and I would say a lot more spiritual and I'm a lot more conscious. And I think eating green is the first step to creating a conscious revolution, to creating change and being a part of the change as Gandhi once put it. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. This week's episode of the Eat Green, Make Green podcast is sponsored by Darwin Clothing. Darwin makes men's dress shirts and Henleys, and I'm telling you, when I bought my first Darwin dress shirt, I will not buy any other type of dress shirt. The fit makes me look good, makes me feel good. I can wear it tucked in. It doesn't come untucked. Um, I can wear it untucked. I just love everything about it. They are handmade in Boston's South End with the best high-quality fabrics, Um, The shirts literally make six to seven hours to make per shirt. I mean, it's an incredible product. If you care about how you look, which I do, uh, I want to look and feel my best at all times, then you need to check out Darwin Clothing. You can literally go to the website darwinclothing.us and shoot Peter, the owner, a text, and he will take care of you. I mean, there is no other buying experience that comes close to that. Um, They are unbelievably made shirts, and I really recommend that if you wear a suit every day or you are more of a Henley guy, that you go to darwinclothing.us and shoot Peter a message. At the very least, he'll give you more information. Amazing local brand. Okay, real quick before I give the intro... I'm very excited to share this episode with you because Luke is the first person I've had on to talk about protein, to talk about fitness, to talk about bodybuilding, um, you know, things things that are a passion to me. And I just want to point out before you say, oh, I can't build muscle on a plant-based diet, I can't be strong as a vegan, um, you know, just look at both Luke's story and mine, okay? We have been on both sides of the coin. We have done the high-protein, low-carb route. Um, you know, we've done that for, for years of our lives. And both of us, when we switch to a plant-based vegan diet, not only can we still build as much muscle as we want and maintain our physique and maintain our strength, but it also comes with the benefit of mental clarity, 
feeling your best, like improved digestion, like all these other amazing benefits that have literally changed our lives to the point where both Luke and I dedicate our lives to telling people about it and educating people about it. So don't knock it and don't think you can't build muscle for some reason um, and that you need all this animal-based protein because it's just not true. Um, and if you're somebody that kind of subscribes to that sort of paleo, uh, you know, high protein, low carb, lots of meat sort of thing for your fitness regimen, just have an open mind, give it a try because you haven't been on the other side of the ball. You haven't experienced both kind of that high protein, low carb and the just whole plant-based foods, right? So you, you haven't been on either side. You haven't experienced it. So I just encourage you to have an open mind. Give it a try. You have absolutely nothing to lose. See what it makes you feel. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it is. But I have a feeling you're going to be really surprised. On this week's episode of the Eat Green, Make Green podcast, I sit down with the absolutely shredded CrossFit athlete, wellness entrepreneur, and author, Luke Tan. Like last week's guest, Luke is also a Singapore citizen and is an inspiration to many in the vegan movement here on the island. We talk about his journey as an athlete in both Singapore and Australia, how a documentary sparked his change to veganism, where he gets his protein on a plant-based diet, and how our understanding of protein is flawed, his thoughts on CrossFit and the paleo diet, and how maintaining and building muscle as a vegan is absolutely no problem. I had a blast chatting with Luke in debunking all the reasons why people think they need to consume animal-based protein to be strong and healthy, when in fact, it does just the opposite. It makes you sore and unhealthy. Look Luke up on social media and check out the picture of us. Would you guess this guy is almost 40? That, my friends, is the power of the plants. So without further ado, the lean green machine, Luke Tan. Rock and roll. All right, we got Luke Tan in the house in Singapore. So my second interview from uh, the lovely country of Singapore. Luke, what's happening? Howdy, howdy. Um, thank you for having me here. I mean, it's just been an, uh, been great. I mean, I just got a Instagram mess. I got 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 to know you by Instagram and a Facebook message later, and here we are looking out into the Marina Bay Sands and just the city. So so great to be here. Yeah, thanks thanks for coming. Appreciate you coming to the hotel room and. Uh, it's been awesome, like the, the vegan scene here for me, I've only been here a little over a week and, you know, I've connected with a bunch of different people, um, so it, it's been awesome, it's been awesome, I love the scene here and uh, happy to have you, I'm, I'm fired up to talk with you today because you're the first guest to really, that we can really focus on some, uh, some vegan uh, nutrition slash workout I'll stuff and, <laughs> and that's, <clears throat> that's totally a passion of mine. Uh, so, uh, for the listeners, we might geek out a little bit here, but I want to, throughout the course of this hour or so, uh, try to not only get to know you, but try to debunk all of the, uh, kind of myths around animal-based protein and working out and all that. Um, so I'm excited about this. Awesome. Uh, but first for both myself, we talked a little bit before, but, uh, for the listeners, um, could you tell us? kind of your background, where you come from, 
Uh, you know, you have an accent that clearly, you know, isn't isn't Singaporean. I don't think. And uh, I would say global. I would global, say global. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, how you end up in in Singapore. So I mean, I'm I'm born in Singapore. I'm Singaporean, but I spent about 16 years in Australia, Melbourne, Australia, which I call my home. Um, well, both are my home. I just recently moved back to Singapore about two years ago. But um, so in terms of location, this would be my home and my new home for X amount of years because we've just got our little girl who's just almost two months old, which is which is absolutely just beautiful. So so yeah, in terms of where I was before, um, yeah, I mean I was studying in Australia, Melbourne, did my uni over there, and spent. And what are you studying over there? Over there, I was uh, I got my Bachelor of Arts in Professional Communication, majoring in Television Production. That sounds like a mouthful. <laughs> and then I focused on audio engineering, and then I went to the events industry. And to cut a long story short, in the events industry, global financial crisis hit in 2008. Lost my job. I was like, okay, what do I do, do now? So I went into fitness because fitness was always part of me because when I was growing up, my dad was always into gym training when I was younger. We used to go to like the GNC called uh, the GNC of Singapore called Nature's Farm. He used to buy like protein supplements. He had his own little gym set. So I've always watched him do bench presses and sit-ups and he always says, Luke, check out my biceps. So he shows me a front <laughs> double bicep when I was like seven. I was like, wow, that that's really, really cool. So Natural progression, teenager, I went to the gym, started doing concentration curls as you do and, and just your chest exercises without any bag of legs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's the only thing that you can see in the mirror. Uh -huh. But um, so yeah, I mean, my weight training started back then, but nothing serious. So fast forward to um, when, when I lost uh, my job in 2008, I decided to get back into fitness and got qualified and certified as a personal trainer. So I worked in the industry for probably a year or two years or so. Can't really remember the time frame. But in my first year, I was going through quite a challenging time as well. And not only that uh, mentally um, and emotionally, but I also sustained a, a very bad tear. I think it was a grade two tear in my pec while actually um, doing a bench press. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't train for about one year and, and I was kind of out and about. So other than the injury and the depression that I was kind of going through, um, I won't really get into that. But, um, but yeah, I decided that I wanted to channel all the negative energy to something positive. So I decided that after all my years of weight training, I thought it's good to set a goal. And me and my coach back then, who was my mentor, Ben, we decided for me to compete in a bodybuilding competition, a natural bodybuilding competition. So I competed in my first novice competition, firstly with the intention to rehabilitate my injury, and second was just to really channel negative energy away and to focus on something that I could really um, possibly excel at. So 2010, I competed. I, I came um, third place for my category, and I won the best poser. So I just, I laugh at that. <laughs> Up to this day, I, I won the best pose. I actually got the trophy for the best poser. So, but, but yeah, so that was 2010. So shortly after that, um, I met my wife 
and I think in New Zealand or here? no, no, it was ex- uh, actually um, Australia, Melbourne. In Australia, yeah, yeah. I, I met my wife after that, and I'm gonna skip a skip a little bit here. So, so I, I met my wife uh, over there. She was actually um, my client. Um, it was introduced to. She was int- actually introduced to me from one of my clients. Yeah, and yeah, we hit it off, and we. I trained her for one session. After that, he dated. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did it, and there went the professional relationship. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, I'm no more your trainer. <laughs> We're going out. But yeah, fast forward to when um, when I decided to become vegan as well like initially my vegan story is quite interesting like my wife emily doesn't hasn't really been a meat big meat eater Mm -hmm. and when i met her being a bodybuilder i was into your typical high protein low carb heaps of supplements Mm -hmm. so i was i used to open my supplement cabinet and just be really proud of how much i had Right, and I went to supplement shops, just saying, "Could you get me the best thermogenic supplements, the best fat burners, the strongest pre-workout?" So I was in that mindset. Mm-hmm. So when when Emily met me, she was kind of influenced in that sense, going on high protein, low carb diet because I was doing that. So I remember we used to go to Costco because I was having so much meat. I had to buy in bulk. So we used yeah. to go to Costco and we used to buy like the tri-tip steak. It was like a slab of like. 15 pieces for like 20 bucks. Yeah. And so we bought that and we had that for breakfast and I, w- I was pretty much having a kilo of meat a day. So because I was having a kilo of meat per day, I was having, buying like about five to six kilos worth of meat, whether it's beef, chicken, pork, lamb, yes. fish. So I just so kind of si- cycled through my protein. Yeah, so same, same sort of... Uh, over here, you're you're doing kind of the same thing as the American yeah. kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger sort Pretty of much. program. You know what I mean? Pretty yeah. much, and supplementing with whey protein and everything else. Yeah. So I remember one story where um, we went to the the butcher shop in uh, in Victoria Street, the Vietnamese butcher shop, and we bought this chicken breast um, for I think I can't remember how much. But when we brought it home. We unpacked it and then froze it. We saw little maggots crawling on it. We were just oh, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. And I just had that mind. And in that mindset, I just thought, what? it may be okay. I'll just kind of flick it off and maybe cook it and it should be fine. But Emily was just so grossed up. Yeah. We threw it away. But yeah, so in terms of that, I was having high protein, low carb, having lots of steak lots of meat and Emily as well and she had severe digestive issues Yeah, because she wasn't she wasn't a person that consumed a lot of meat naturally and yeah. all of a sudden she was having that much meat she was having about 200 grams of steak in the morning right and at that point of time she was also short track speed skating for Australia uh, the Australian national team so she had zero energy but at the same time, she was having a high protein, low carb diet. We didn't really put two and two together. Yeah. So so yeah. So how does how when does the veganism switch? So come the here? vegan the, the veganism switch was was when Emily was just going through Facebook. Um, a few uh, one of her acquaintances actually posted something about plant based nutrition and vegan being vegan and feeling 
be, her digestive issues yeah. being better and she looked really well, looked really healthy and she was glowing and she was, that sparked her interest. Mm. So, so she started to explore that and she eliminated meat and she went on her own path and not long after, she felt a huge difference and she, was, she just went, all right, I'm going to cook you meat, you do your thing, but I'm going to do this for my own health. Yeah. But because Emily was starting to be vegan and starting to be more plant-based, I was quite inspired yeah. by what she was doing. And I was, it's really sparked my interest. Right. And, like, you're, okay. and you're probably noticing a difference in her, right? Yeah, she's yeah. She's feeling better. She's, she's looking healthier, that sort of thing, right? Exactly. And she was just looking healthier and she had a lot more energy as well. And she was, at that point, she did a lot of research. So she bought this book by John Robbins, The Food Revolution. Mm-hmm. And she said it was a, she was a, it was a really good book and she, she shared it with me. And shortly after, I just thought, all right, I'll go check this book out. And I read The Food Revolution and boy, it really opened my mind to a lot um, of what this whole lifestyle is about, which I now know is just everything. Mm. So from ethical, from sustainable, sustainability, from health, um, across the board. Yeah. So that kind of just, all right. So reading a couple books, you're, you start to experiment a little bit? Yeah, no, well, I didn't really experiment. I was just like, all just right, that's in. interesting. I, I jumped in. Then after that, she bought this book by Robert Cheek, Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness. Yeah. And I think part of the reason she bought that book was just to show me that it is possible and optimal and healthy to be yeah. on, a, uh, on a vegan diet and still build muscle. So yeah. I read that book and I was like, wow, okay, Robert Cheek's doing that. But really when... The, pe- the, the light switch just kind of flicked was when one of my close friends actually recommended me to watch the documentary Earthlings because I have been just kind of interested for a while. But when I watched yeah. Earthlings one night, I, it suddenly clicked. Yeah, what's that one about? I actually am not familiar okay, with it. Okay, so Earthlings is basically a documentary that is narrated by Joaquin Phoenix. I'm not sure when it was filmed. But it showcases um, how animals are exploited across yeah. the board. Okay, so it's, it's focused on the animal side. Yep, animal yeah, animal yeah. side, ethics. Yep. So I watched that film and it just opened my eyes. It's just like Neo taking the red pill. Like, okay, yeah. wow. Almost instantaneously, I said no. Uh, I think the n- next morning, I just became vegan. Yeah. Um, so I would say I was an ethical... Uh, I, I became vegan for ethical and for the animals mm-hmm. because... When I made the connection, I realized um, all animals are equal. Yep. So what year is this? How long ago? Uh, that was probably about 2012, late 2011, yeah. 2012, around then. So, so tell me about the transition because we were talking a little before. Um, for me, like there was definitely a, a month-long period of experimentation and... Uh, you know, worrying, you know, I was doing like a ton of snacking at first, like, because I just wasn't, I thought, A, I wasn't eating enough whole plant foods. I was kind of, you know, in this sort of unhealthy vegan uh, period, right? Where you're just trying to, you're experimenting with different foods. And like, I ended up eating like a lot of chips and hummus and like a lot of processed foods, you know, a lot of breads, things like that, because I just, you know, don't, I didn't know what I could eat, right? The beans, the grains, all these. And um, so tell me about kind of the transition. Was it hard? Did you feel like you weren't getting enough nutrients at first? I mean, I felt that way, 
because my body's just it's you're for doing sure. something totally new right for it's sure. gonna for a week or two it's gonna feel different for sure you're gonna feel maybe a little weak because it's I, it's different right yep. your your body's not used to it you're changing something you've done for you know 20 some odd years right um so it definitely took me a little while to feel normal with it and find what i could eat so tell me about the transition and were you concerned about you know the protein and all all these sorts of things? To be quite frank, I was actually a little bit concerned because I was kind of flying solo back then when I just decided because I remember being in a gym locker room and having my first vegan meal with just blocks and blocks of tofu. So I had that bodybuilder's mentality. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's literally just all yeah. right. I had X. I had hundred and fifty grams of protein. I'm just gonna swap it with plant based sources. Yeah. I swapped it with tofu. Yeah. Uh, low carb low carb high protein low carb <laughs> vegan let's just say to start with yeah. but after a while i just started just started to incorporate carbs um a lot of rice a lot of sweet potatoes i think in that week initially i think the first two days i was kind of just went tofu but after a while just like you know what i'm just gonna go with sweet potatoes yeah but i actually felt a, a huge shift and a huge change although there was that fear there in that first couple of weeks because being high protein low carb i was pretty depleted a lot of times and being a bodybuilder i was justifying not needing to run because it's catabolic yeah but i remember after the first two weeks i started incorporating a lot more fruits starches in my diet yeah i was i had a sudden surge of energy Mm -hmm. and i remember after months if not years of not running i ran my first 5k i was like holy shit yeah shouldn't have said that no that's fine that's fine so just to touch on the running thing same thing happened to me about you know two months in there there's this loop that i you know run by my house back in boston and i you know i've been running my entire life by my family's house and uh on one hand i can count the times that i've it's about it's a little over 5k i've like maybe two or three times prior to that broken 20 minutes in my life right time myself every time I freaking shattered it like wow. like eighteen something, you know, Crazy. like two minutes, two over two minutes. I shattered it by Crazy, that's huge. I mean, and it was it was literally you know two months of of just changing changing to plant based, and it's incredible. It, it is absolutely incredible, and and I mean, you experienced that yourself at that sudden surge of energy, and and I think that's how I felt as well. It's like, oh my goodness, where's this energy coming from? So that was that was that, and I think. What I what I also did was I, I decided that at that point in time when I had this, I made the change about a few months in, I was like, look, I'm going to stand on stage again because yeah. I was fully committed to what yeah. I was doing. And look, I want to stand on the stage as a vegan uh, and compete again as a yeah. vegan. That was in 2013. So I engaged a coach. His name is Wade Lightheart. He was a Canadian national champion. We were scouting at that point in time. There weren't a lot of coaches, but we found Wade, and Wade guided me and Emily to our first competition. Mm. So I competed. Um, I think it was a fitness fitness model, if I'm not mistaken. And one of the category, not the, one of the one of the events, really was just for us to dress up as whoever you can be a fireman you can be a yeah. kickboxer you can be anything you want it's just like a fancy dress kind of thing so i went up as vegan adam so what i'm so my costume was um <laughs> i wore like a skin tight tights yeah uh skin tight skin colored tights and i had a, a leaf just in front <laughs> and i had had a, a plastic snake around my neck and yeah. i was holding an apple 
and I on my bum I had vegan down the back. So yeah, yeah I was just a little bit um overcommitted. You were a vegan Adam, meaning Adam and Eve. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I walked out. I remember the judges just took a second then because the skin colored tights yeah. were skin colored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they literally just like. Oh my God! What is that? So that was that was that. But um, where that competition was concerned, I placed second. Yeah, and that was around the same time I formed Evolve Generation. Yeah, and Evolve Generation, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. is it's a group of collective of um, athletes, uh, entrepreneurs, and fitness professionals and nutritionists. Back then, just we just wanted the really fine friends and at the same time we were competing together with two other athletes uh, two, two other of my teammates and it was inspiration through um, the group called Plant Built in the US so uh, they call it themselves like I'm part of Plant Built now they competed in um, bodybuilding events so that was around the same time that was formed yep so so yeah I mean that was 2013 and and yeah it's just been been a phenomenal journey and now 2014 2015 i competed again in the us in as a bodybuilder and now this year in a few weeks time i'm going to be competing with plant build again but as a crossfitter so there has been a huge 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 journey and a huge path that i've taken since yeah since um turning vegan one night after watching earthlings nice so all right man so now that we kind of got your story know where know how you got to where you are let's let's debunk some myths here yeah all right so where do you get your protein man what do you what do you do for protein so and and also on top of that what do you do uh where do you get your protein and what's your take on supplements I think protein is one of those things where, you know, that's that's the first thing we think about. I think there's protein in everything. There's protein in white rice. There's protein in apples. There's protein in, yeah, you know, nuts and seeds. But I think we just think that protein only comes from animal-based sources. Mm-hmm. So what we really need to start looking at is amino acids, more specifically essential amino acids. So essential amino acids are what you actually need to get from your food because your body can't actually produce them. They're a total of nine. Right. And all these nine essential amino acids are present in plant foods mm-hmm. at varying levels. So that's why some people say animal proteins are complete right. versus plant proteins are incomplete. Yes, in a way that's true because um, when we look at the amino acid profile for animal-based proteins, we look at, um, it's, I would say, flat-lined yeah. versus plant-based proteins, which are probably quite sporadic. But the thing is that the body has its own ability to reuse recycle. and recycle yeah. amino acids. So as long as you're eating a whole plant-based diet, varied whole place, you're actually going to get all the essential yeah, amino as acids. As long as you're eating a variety of plant yeah. foods. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. A variety of plant foods. So, so in terms of protein, um, I mean, there's there's now a lot of studies to show that um, it's not only it's not the quantity of protein that you need. It's firstly the quality and how much you're actually assimilating and uh, assimilating in your body. So, it, I, I I use myself as as an example. I was having probably about forty percent of calories 
from protein back in the day. So what's that in grams? Grams, yeah. Probably about one sixty, one eighty grams. Yeah, right. So the the kind of standard, at least uh, in the U.S., everybody says you know one gram per pound of body weight. Yeah, uh, pretty it's kind much. of like standard. I was having probably about two point five, two point two, two point five. Yeah, so one gram. So so I would say in terms of in terms of how much protein you need to be health. I mean. There is this this research saying that excess protein is not good for you, especially right. animal based protein. Absolutely. So, yeah. so in terms of let's going going back a little bit, animal versus plant based proteins. I mean, plant based proteins. Okay, let's go to animal based proteins first. When you yeah. get animal based proteins, you're not only getting proteins; you're going to get a lot of toxins, yep. heavy metals, because especially with industrially farmed animals, you're getting a a lot more bang for buck. You're getting meat glue, you're getting sulfites, nitrites, yep. you're getting sometimes fecal matter in there. You're getting all the cholesterol. Exactly. You're getting yep. cholesterol, saturated fat, and zero fiber. Yep. Absolutely no fiber whatsoever. And it's not easily digestible. It's not easy to digest because I remember when I was even eating a, a huge amount of protein, I was also taking digestive enzymes to help break that down. Yep. So that was, in retrospect, it was like, yeah, why was I doing that in the first place if I couldn't actually digest it? So in that sense, not only do you get a lot of protein, but also with animal-based proteins, it's filled with growth hormones. Yep. So IGF-1. So growth hormones not only, yeah, increase muscle mass. I was probably yeah. a lot bigger back then versus where I am right now. I'm a lot leaner. Yeah. But I was also a lot more inflamed. Yeah, you're, you're inflamed, you're... Um your th there's a lot more fat at exactly. least that's what i noticed i had like when i made the switch like fat just peeled off of me totally um so yeah it, it's more of a inflamed type thing yes animal protein helps you grow probably faster i would say yep. but it's through inflammation and it's exactly. through fat that like i didn't want exactly <laughs> and growing larger is one thing but will you what it will it actually help you live longer is yeah. another as well yeah, yeah. if you want to get as big and as quick as you can right. have animal protein but if you want to lift the, the 100 or 90 and, yeah. and be healthy and fit that's yeah. probably not something that you yeah, want if you, if you want to get fat and feed disease go yeah. with the animal protein right? exactly <laughs> exactly and on top of that I think animal protein so, so we talk about omega 3 to omega 6 ratios as well so, I mean, ideally, omega-3 to omega-6 should be about um, 1 to 3. Or, but really, because... And then we chase it down with fish. We, we're consuming a lot of fish oils these days as yeah. well. But omega... There's a high amount of omega-6 in animal-based proteins. Mm -hmm. And omega-6 is pro-inflammation. So, hence, you do look bigger because of the inflammation. Yeah. And when we talk about... Um, animal proteins that contain contain a lot of omega six because they're consuming so much grain, which is not their natural diet. Yeah. So hence, I mean, animals are so based on weight. Yep. So the faster they grow, bigger and fatter, the more they're worth. So they're more, you know, more productive. Yeah. In that sense, so it's not necessarily a good thing for us. Yeah. So that's animal protein. <clears throat> so plant proteins, though, um, first they contain fiber. Antioxidants. Antioxidants. Yeah. What else? Vitamins and minerals. All the stuff you need exactly. to thrive come with the protein. Exactly. Right. And they're naturally low calorie as well. Yep. A lot lower calorie. So you can eat a ton more. Exactly. You know, people don't think... Uh, like, you can really eat a lot of plant foods. Exactly. And you're going to be fuller. You're going to be more satiated. You're going to... And you're going to feel better. 
Total. And I think the great thing about plant foods is they're naturally low calorie and high volume. And like you said, you get satiated because there's stretch and nutrition, uh, stretch and nutrient receptors in your gut, which will turn off that signal to your brain to say, okay, stop eating because you're getting the nutrients and your gut's expanding because of all the volume of the plant proteins or plant foods that you're consuming. And you go, all right, cool, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a massive salad with you know, rice and quinoa and all this stuff on it and eat it. And it might take you like 20, 30 minutes and you're full, you're satiated versus like having like a big steak. You still have cravings after it. Exactly. You know, that sort of thing. So the way I kind of, when it comes to plant versus animal protein, the way, uh, just a real simple analogy of how it kind of worked in, in my body when I switched, um, Basically, when I had animal-based protein, right? We talked a little bit about inflammation, yeah. right? It's it's hard to digest, right? Yeah. It's it's your body's going to work to get all the toxins out, of right? Course. So, a real simple like high-level explanation, your body has to spend a shit ton of energy yeah. getting all the bad out that comes with eating animal protein totally. and it has little energy to spend elsewhere. Exactly. Um, I, I, in, in my book, I use the analogy of my, my mother. So I'm, I'm grew up in a family of eight and my mother tending to the house. Right. Yep. And when the kids are all misbehaved, she's spending all her time trying to tame the madness. And, you know, as a result, the house is a mess. It's not clean. Right. Totally. She's got to spend all her energy. Right. But when the kids are well-behaved, they come in, they, you know, leave for school, they, they're very well-behaved. She has all the time to tend to the house. And that's kind of the analogy I use uh, to, you know, compare the two. It's like when you have plants, it's easier for your body to digest. Totally. <clears throat> and it has so much other energy to spend elsewhere. Um, so it's a beautiful thing. It, it sure is. And I think when research has shown that, you know, we live in a stressful environment, we're always... Cortisol is always just up there. I mean, you know, first we the pollution, first um, stress from works, maybe relationship stress, um, environmental toxins, the type of shampoo you're using as well. And we get stress from different facets. On top of that, you know, nutritional stress. Yeah. So 40% of forty percent stress is attributed to nutritional stress. So when you actually alleviate that, you actually improve your digestion by not over overtaxing yourself um, with um, proteins or animal-based foods that can't actually digest properly, you, you do have a lot more energy like yeah. yourself. Yeah. You managed to break two minutes and I managed to go my, for my first run for yeah. five kilometers and and it's just, it's just absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Le less energy on digestion, more exactly. energy for everything else. Exactly. Uh, that's just exactly. kind of like a simple way to look at it. Totally. Um, cool. So, all right, proteins out of the way. All right, so you're a CrossFitter. Yeah. So is the paleo diet synonymous with CrossFit here like it is in the U.S.? Not that I would say in my... I'm not too aware. I would say so in that sense because CrossFit is still, quite, I would say, rather new here. But, but yeah, I mean, based on the boxes that I go to, I do see trace and trace of kind of um, paleo-esque foods in yeah. there with your... Um, uh, with your chicken your and i i've actually went to one of my other crossfit boxes they talk about 
the, the, the movements of CrossFit and what CrossFit's nutritional perspective is. There's a big, big yeah. word that says paleo. So I would say so. Yeah. Um, I would say so. And Yeah, I know, I know the founder of CrossFit yep, is very, very much pro a paleo. paleo. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Correct. Yeah, what's your take on it? My take on it, you know, to each their own. Um, if it, it may work for some people, my take on it is, you know, it's paleo is, is another diet. To me, it's a, another diet fat. Yeah, totally. It's totally. another diet fat. And, and really, when we talk about paleo, you look at almond, people use, instead of using flour, use almond flour, use lots of coconut oil um, and chicken. Yep. And, and, and obviously, it, it's a modern, modern version of a high-protein, low-carb diet. Um, and in terms of paleo, when we look at paleolithic times, we don't really have chicken. You don't, you don't really get coconut oil. Yeah. You don't get <laughs> almond flour. Yeah. Things like that. So I think, it to me, it is a diet fad. Yeah. All right. Do you have any trouble... Gaining or maintaining your muscle on a vegan diet? Not at all. Not, Not at, at all. all. Simple as that. Not at all. And and I think um, it's about putting on lean muscles. Not about mass anymore. Because as a CrossFitter, it's about um, performance. It's about recovery as well. So I I think putting on muscle. There are four factors. Uh, I would say first thing is the type of training that you're actually doing as well so people just look at protein equates to muscle uh, muscle mass yes in, in, in a sense but i think there's a lot more to it than just building muscle just by a protein you need to look at how you're training as well um, the time and attention that you're putting your muscles under the volume of training and the intensity meaning how much weight you're actually lifting so if you are just constantly doing lateral raises every day and tricep kickbacks, you're not going to put on muscle mass. Mm-hmm. What's going to help you put on muscle mass is doing deadlifts, for example. Yeah, functional yeah, movements. Functional movements, uh, um, compound movements. And that's why I love CrossFit as well. It's a lot of big, big lifts. And if you, <clears throat> to put on muscle, if you want to, if you want to, if you need, if you want to lift uh, uh, 220 kilos, deadlift off the ground a barbell off the ground you will put on the necessary muscle to actually lift it but it's just through the way you periodize your training um and and using the compound lifts like i mentioned earlier so that's one aspect compound lifts and overloading your muscles and also not doing the same thing over and over again meaning that um i know of some people keeping the body guessing a little exactly. bit exactly so yeah. for example if you are in uh crossfit is you're always keeping the body guessing mm-hmm but at the same time, you want to have consist- consistency with variance. So meaning you want to do something so that your body, maybe for three to four weeks, so your body actually adapts to the training stimulus and then you change it. Mm-hmm. If you're, In that sense, and I think as a CrossFitter, I think um, ever since I got my coach, Dylan, this has been absolutely brilliant. But because I used to do a lot of CrossFit watts every single day, everything was different. It was great, but I wasn't getting better at any of it because I was doing everything at once without any focus. But yeah. when I started getting a little bit, bit more focus, uh, we, were, we were periodizing my training and I was probably stuck to a training block of three to four weeks. When you stick to it, you, you micro plate, for example, you're doing a squat, I may increase it by one kilos, two kilos, two and a half kilos. But by the end of the training phase, you may have increased it to your squat from 100 kilos to maybe about 120. So, all right, that's your plateau. Now, now it's time to change things up. Yeah. So, 
volume and consist- so type of training type is of obviously training, of in, in how you're actually training is a big part of gaining and maintaining muscle totally right? totally so how you're training so that's one number two is digestion mm-hmm. like what what like what we chat uh, chatted earlier because if your body's not spending so much time digesting it has more energy to perform so you're, yep. you're recovering a lot better as well. You're assimilating and extracting nutrition that you consume a lot better. So you're whatever that you're consuming, um, let's say if you're consuming legumes, um, you're taking all the nutrition rather than trying to focus on digesting it, bloating and gas and everything. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's going to take a, less nutritional stress, more performance and more gains. Yeah. And... To piggyback on that, um, recovery. Recovery. So for me, when I switched, like my recovery was like absolutely insane. Totally. Again, your body just has more energy to heal muscle and and do what it needs to do. Um, And therefore, I'm able to, if I want to, I can lift twice a day. I can live back to back days. You know, I mean, recovery is insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's a big part of it. Is uh, it is huge, and I, I'm not sure whether you 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 found when back in your um, meat eating days, um, you you used to get a lot of DOMS, delayed onset uh, onset of muscle soreness, like really sore the next couple of days. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and just tired. Like you know, I'd be going to the gym sore every day. Yeah, uh, all that's gone. Even uh, you know, joint pain, yeah. everything like that's totally yeah. gone. Um, cool. So walk me through for those that are interested, walk me through a day in the life of, of a vegan athlete. So give me, give me what breakfast looks like. Give me what, you know, the typical training day looks like. So I think for first thing in terms of what I do is I usually start, I intermittent fast. Yeah. So I, I probably stop eating, about 7 to 8 p.m. And I normally normally start eating about 14, maybe minimum 14 hours later. And the reason I do this is just to narrow my feeding window. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes when you're eating 8, 9 p.m., 10, whether it's plant foods, you're about to go to bed. The last thing you want to do is focus on digestion. Yeah, You want to focus on repair yep. during your sleep um, cycle. So we're talking stop about 7 p.m. Yeah, I would say I, I, I personally stop about 7 yeah. p.m. Um, or let's say if I do stop at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. if I'm out, I'll wait till the next day, 14, minimum of 14 hours. Day. So, so 7 p.m. would be, say, 9 a.m. Yep, gotcha. 9 a.m. the next day. Yep. And sometimes I push it to 10, sometimes to 11. All right, and, and why is that? Is that so, hey, let me get out of my body's way and let it do its thing Yes, and that's one. Correct. Yeah. Recover. And second thing, second thing is that I think we are very reactive to perceived hunger mm-hmm. because many of us think that we're actually hungry, but we're actually not. But we're just constantly, in, you know, okay, I just need to reach for something. But that's actually, you're not actually hungry. You're just, maybe you're bored. Yep. Maybe you're stressed and yep. you just reach for something. So it's about being able to be in t- more in tune with my body. Yep. And a lot of times perceived hunger really is actually di- dehydration because we are 70, 80% water. We, don't, yeah. we probably don't drink enough water. So yep. I find by taking the edge off, sometimes it's just having a big glass of water and it takes the edge off. Mm-hmm. So I intermittent fast. Okay. Um, and I find that keeps me sharper, um, accelerates my recovery, um, uh, I have more control over these perceived hunger signals. 
Um, and the next thing I would do, I wake up, say, about 8, 7, 8 a.m. I don't eat anything, but I do have a big glass of water, but I mixed it with um, some Super Greens powder. Yep. So the brand that I use is Prana. And so it contains barley grass, spirulina, wheatgrass, a lot of the best stuff, high in chlorophyll, yep. um, high in micronutrients as well. So I consume that. And and after that, I might wait wait a little bit more till about eleven or so. I might I might just sip on that for the whole time. Sometimes I might just have a glass of water with lemon, and I'm not actually hungry. And then yep. around eleven, I would have my big bowl of oats. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love oats. It's the best best thing for me um, right now, and I, I love and I I never get sick of it. So my big bowl of oats would probably can constitute like two big cups of rolled oats with some berries and some bananas, some dates. I sprinkle some nuts and seeds. Um, and also um, for flavor, I could either use like um, almond milk and some maple syrup and cinnamon, or I do use um, a plant-based protein, uh, plant-based protein powder just for flavor with a bit of soy milk. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of pour it over, and it just kind of fills yeah. me up. I saw, I saw that in, on your Instagram. You, you had a little, a, yeah. little shake, a little shake you poured over the oats. Exactly. That's a, nice, that's a nice touch. Exactly. So I just kind of <laughs> pour it over, and, and yeah. So, so I, I just had a – yeah, you, I, I did a little post on it. But, yeah, that's, that's a huge bowl of oats that I yeah. have, and that will probably tie me over to about – one uh one or two and i will probably train in the afternoon like for crossfit and prior to crossfit depending on how i'm feeling i might have uh, a smoothie mm-hmm. so a smoothie would be a little bit of plant-based protein powder uh, sometimes it's just fruits even just lots of bananas coconut meat um, coconut water um, just to get me through but sometimes if i'm not hungry I will have just a couple of bananas just before my, or, yeah. or a little bit more. I find that because I, I live quite a busy life being a new dad and and running my own business and everything, I want something that's quick. So I, I normally, sometimes I just have liquid liquid um, liquid calories, but I do put a little bit of um, nuts and seeds and also some oats on top and and some raisins so that, it feels like I'm actually chewing, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. drinking. Right. And I find that turns off my hunger signals as well. Yep. So so yeah, and and, and I feel really good. So smoothies, and then um, prior to CrossFit, uh, I'll have maybe some fruits, and then after post workout, I feel I recover with a four to one ratio of um, carbs to protein. So meaning like I may have. To, for example, three to four tablespoons of pure glucose powder to replenish uh, glycogen stores, and a ratio of maybe like one table let tablespoon or teaspoon of just plant-based protein powder, some chia seeds. Sometimes I put a little bit bit of um, uh, turmeric as yep. an anti-inflammatory, and these just facilitate my recovery. And dinner time, I may have just rice and beans. So in terms, I've started incorporating a lot of legumes in my diet because based on my research, um, legumes, meaning soy, tempeh, all sorts of beans contain leucine. And yep. leucine is pretty much the anabolic amino acid. So the more leucine you have, the more um, ability for you to actually build muscle. Yep. So, so yeah, I would have like rice and beans. So sometimes like my wife cooks a awesome 
uh, pad thai with a bit of tofu and and then I kind of stop my so it's quite simple nice. I would say and is, very, it, is very, it one workout a day? I would say it's one workout a day but yeah. my workout's probably about two hours yeah so it goes across the board so yeah. from mobility to, to strength to like a ward at the end yep depending on um, what uh, what what the program's been structured for yeah all right, so little off topic, but on topic. Yep. Uh, CrossFit. Yep. Okay. What? So I'm a non-CrossFit guy. Yeah. And my whole take on it is I just see people getting injured a lot. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I'm not, I'm yep. not uh, an athlete anymore, yep. really. I am, but I'm, I don't compete or anything, yep. right? Um, so for me, health and fitness is keeping me healthy and fit and able to do the things I want to do Correct. in life. So if I want to run up a hill during my everyday Correct. life or or pull myself up a, you know, go mountain climbing or whatever I'm doing, I just want to be fit and able to do it. Yep. And if I'm injured, right, it kind of defeats the purpose for me. Or if I'm like really banged up, right, it kind of, for me, that defeats the purpose of health and wellness it's of like course. i don't want like a broken wrist totally like that's not why i'm working out that I'm, totally. I'm working out so i can do everything i want to do and feel great doing it totally so give me a little give me a little your thoughts on yeah on interesting that. you say that because for me uh like the reason why i'm doing crossfit and competing is because i wanted to compete one last time with plant built as a crossfitter i didn't want yeah. to do bodybuilding yeah. again so that's the reason why i'm really getting gotcha. into crossfit right now but for me, to be honest, CrossFit is not something that I'll do for a long term mm. because right now, uh, this afternoon, I'm actually going to be seeing a therapist for a minor injury that I have, speaking yeah. of injuries, <laughs> yeah. because of doing a clean. Yeah. And, and I'm 38 now, and I'm a dad. And I You're don't, 38, dude? Y- yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm 38. So Look close. You're 23. T- two years. <laughs> plant-based diet, my friends. Plant-based yeah. diet keeps you young forever. Come on. Um, so I'm close to 38. I mean, not close. To, I'm 38, close to 40. And I don't think I can actually perform at that kind of intensity for a long time without sustaining injury because I've torn both my pecs, not not through CrossFit, but just your poor nutritional choices back in the day, not being ready for the load, whole host of other factors. And I have um, issues with my rotator cuffs, um, yeah. tightness. Generally, I'm not a very flexible person. And because, you know, with all kudos to top CrossFit athletes because they perform at such a high level every single sure. day. And, and I don't think I can get there because of maybe it's a limiting belief or whatever it is, or maybe I don't want it bad enough or whatever it is, but I know my limitations. And and I believe that um, I believe that after this comp, I'm just going to scale back CrossFit and really look at the health and wellness side of yeah. things because when uh, when you're pushing at 100%, 100% with, with load, um, yeah. load, um, you're gonna. You might, if you have structural issues, you might actually um, injure yourself. So I think that's also part of why I've injured because probably my technique wasn't good, and I have a lot of tightness in my upper traps and rotator cuff, and it's manifested in my brachialis. So I think that's why I've. And also on top of that, I'm a lot of, uh, under a lot of stress because I've got a huge project that I'm about to launch right now as well. So that's a whole host of factors. Yeah. And moving forwards, I want to move towards more things like um, uh, uh, things like animal flow, Edo portal, 
um, g- gymnastic strength training, about joint integrity, about flexibility, about mobility, body awareness, even going to yoga. Yeah. Um, but still doing a little bit of CrossFit because I like the you know the adrenaline rush, yeah. but not doing it as often. Yeah, it is. It is at least for me. It was kind of freeing to stop competing. Mm. And just do what feels good. Yeah, you know? totally. So it's like if I'm feeling a run, I, I go for a run. Totally. Uh, but, you know, I still lift because I love kind yeah. of feeling strong. Right? Exactly, exactly. Um, cool. So uh, can you t- tell us a little bit about this new project? Is that something you can talk about or no? Rather not? Yeah. When, when would this be released, by the way? Uh, like a couple days. A couple of days. Probably it could be tomorrow. I might, I might. Yeah, I don't really want to talk too much about it because I'm, I'm going to be approaching affiliates and everything. Yeah. All right, cool. But I can talk about the brand. Yeah, talk about kind of like, can you talk about like the big picture yeah. idea of it? Yeah. So, so the big picture, so where I am right now, I'm in the process of, other than Evolve Generation, I've just kind of taken a, a step back from it a little, but now I'm growing this other brand called Plant Fit Movement. And our vision is to create 1 million people to be inspirations in their own community as plant fit advocates, meaning um, a conscious life, conscious athletic lifestyle. You got so, Boston covered yet, dude? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, you know, it's a movement. I mean, yeah. the brand is called Plant Fit Movement. Yeah. So anybody yeah. who, who wants to join the movement, by all means. But I think for me, um, my, my vision is always to create a culture of fit and healthy, conscious individuals being a change they wish to see in the world. Mm. So I think when uh, when I turned vegan, it was my my mission to become the best version of myself. Whether it's health, whether it's health, whether it's fitness, performing at my best, being positive as well, being um, non judgmental, and also arming my uh, also being ha- having the depth of knowledge so that I can share and advocate the lifestyle which I so passionately believe in and because like you said there's a lot of misconceptions out there and I think it's just lack of knowledge and conditioning as well and I I believe that plants are the future on many fronts for health whether it's sustainability whether it's animal welfare as well so so yeah in terms of plant fit movement it's just about inspiring people to move towards a healthier and lifestyle healthier and a fitter lifestyle while maintaining a conscious perspective Mm. and and having a uh, creating a a better world i would say cool so that's that's kind of in the pipeline so we've got big plans for what we're doing whether it's creating courses um and our our goal is to do you know of the brand beach body i do oh yeah yeah so so supposedly you know tony there that did p90x supposedly he was vegan during that time no he so at least what I heard, he was right. vegan when they filmed P90X. Right. But he has since gone back oh, for wow, some okay. reason. But I don't know. That's what I heard. Yeah. So, so, so what's up with Beachbody? So, so Beachbody is like, if, if you go to beachbody.com, you see like they've got different training programs, but one main site that offers P90X, whether it's Insanity or, or Shakeology. Or, yeah. And I hope to be that with me and my business partner. That's our goal to be that for the vegan community. Very cool. So whether it's, um, building muscle, we can talk to Fraser Bailey or Robert Cheek or whoever it is. Programs of each and each and every expert around the world um, to be able to help more people become healthier and fitter through a plant-based diet. So, like the Beach Body, but for vegans. Yeah, that is the ultimate That's vision really cool. and goal. Yeah. So something I'm working on, uh, not to kind of give it away totally, <laughs> but uh, 
<clears throat> is so we talk all the time about sports nutrition, right? Yep. We talk about like what we've been talking about today, kind of the bodybuilding fitness side of things. Yep. For me, it took my diet change took my career to the next level. Yeah. It made me think clearer. It totally. gave me more confidence. It totally. made me way more productive, right? Yep. So I have kind of an angle coming at it of what I call business nutrition. Yep. Um, and eating to perform at your best, not just physically, but in your career. Um, so cool. I, I have a little something I'm, I'm working on that I want to uh, kind of create that category for executives, for entrepreneurs to, hey, man, like this is what you should be eating and doing every day to perform at your best. That's amazing. Mentally. Yeah. That so is amazing. That's kind of the area I want to come in with it. Um, getting away from kind of the uh you know sports nutrition yep. And, yep. and that sort of thing and, and focus on again what i call business nutrition so. and i think that that is that is huge because i think once you can actually you know do do talks and do programs with corporates you can yeah. really create huge shifts not just on an individual level but on corporate level as well right because really in business it's about efficiency it's about productivity and we both know that since studying vegan or plant-based our productivity and our mental clarity next level. and focus is yeah. just like my it's laser laser sharp. Yeah. It's it's amazing. I'd love to hear more about it off 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 air. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. All right, I, I got a I got a fun question for you that I for like sure. to ask. Uh, for sure. Would you rather smoke a cigarette at breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day or eat meat at breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day? I don't have a choice, obviously. <laughs> No, honest answer, though. <laughs> honest answer is I would smoke a cigarette yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner yeah. every single day because the reason why I say that is because smoking a cigarette affects my health and me only, but by eating animal, eating steak, I'm actually taking the life of some other innocent being for my own pleasure, or my own satiety in that sense, right. which I think is completely unnecessary. Right. You're not doing any harm to anyone else by smoking yeah. the cigarette. Well, maybe someone that's jogging past yeah. because I've been one <laughs> yeah. of those guys like, oh, was it stop smoking? Yeah. Come on, I'm jogging here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah, I've been one of those guys. But yeah, I mean, other than the jogging, jogger that's running past, um, I'm really not affecting anyone's health. Uh, maybe my own family, you know, in that sense, if, 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 if I'm smoking at home, but I wouldn't be smoking at home anyway with yeah, my yeah. little girl. So yeah, it's just really my health. But but the thing is that, um, yeah, you know, just a stake uh, on, on, on a sustainability, you know, in terms of resources as well to produce that one piece of steak, we're talking about six to 12 times more resources that are taken from the environment just yeah. to, just for that piece of meat to come to my table. So yeah. there's just so many other implications for eating meat, lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner versus smoking a cigarette. Right, right, gotcha. So yeah, we talked so with Michael last week. Uh, we got into kind of how Singapore imports everything, right? Yep. And I was giving him some facts from the U.S. about, you know, literally a third of, of the United States land is used for ra wow. raising livestock. Yep. One third. One third, that's uh, huge. Half of all the water in the U.S. goes to raising livestock. Half. But but then when you're like, 
living in Southern California and there's a drought, they tell you you can't like water your exactly. lawn. Exactly. But they're using half the freaking water. For, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. It's nuts, right? It's, it and is absolutely yeah, crazy. Yeah, so we can go on and on. Oh, that's, for sure. That's a, that's a for different, sure. different, uh, different. I'll have to have you back. So yeah, so. for sure. But uh, all right. So I got two more questions for yeah. you and then we'll kind of wrap things up. Um, <clears throat> to someone listening yep. right now, that uh, is interested in making a change in their life, uh, whether it's health-wise, um, just tr- looking to make a positive change, uh, make more um, positive daily decisions, uh, as we talked about, you know, not impacting uh, yep. other people, uh, other creatures, the planet. Somebody looking to maybe getting get into bodybuilding, get uh, start doing CrossFit, get their health on the right track. Somebody looking for a change. What advice do you give them? Where to start? You know what to how to go about it. I think first step I would say is really cut the crap or whatever it is, and it also leads on to the, the, the to the second point. Cut the crap. So what I mean by if you look in your cupboard actually have an objective look at what you actually have and if you have chips you have bad foods in there take it out because if you have it in your fridge if you have it in your cupboard willpower is going to fade yeah you're going to reach for it so first thing is just clear your pantry clear your fridge of the bad stuff yeah and actually do a little bit of research on um a plant-based diet which leads on to fueling for life Okay, yep. fueling for life. So meaning that start adding rather than subtracting. Mm. Okay. Some people go overnight. And like me, I went overnight. Some people take years to become vegan. Yeah. Everybody's on their own journey. Mm-hmm. But re- just basically start making plants a feature of your plate, whether it's having a meat-free meal, whether it's having a meat-free day, or going searching for happy going on happy cow to f- find your vegetarian restaurant and and fueling for life also, let's say if you're vegetarian, maybe try moving one step forward. Okay, now maybe I'm going to try eliminating dairy and eggs. And let's say if you're vegan, maybe try eliminating the processed and refined vegan foods and move towards more whole food plant-based diet. Move one step forward by focusing on nutrient-dense whole plant-based foods. Make them the feature of your plate. So that's fueling for life. The next point I would say, point three, is find a modality of movement that you love. Like you say, you like running, you like training, but there's no specific, oh, I, I body build. It's about doing what you love. If you do what you love, you will keep doing it. Mm. You're not going to say, oh, I need to book it in. I need to exercise. I need to yeah, right. jump on the treadmill for 30 minutes. It's not a need, but a want. But when you find a modality of movement you want to do, whether it could be yoga, it could be hiking, it could be table tennis. It could be really anything. If you love it, you will you will do it. Yeah. So find the things you love. And on top of that, uh, something you know I see all the time with people is when they start eating more plants, they start feeling better and they want to go do things that exactly. they enjoy. It's a, v- it's a feedback loop yeah. because you start feeling better. You've got more energy. It's like, where do I expend this energy? It's just like on the flip side, if you're eating crap... You're not, you're, you're zapped of energy. You're sitting on a couch. It's like, well, you know, I'm not doing anything right now. Let's just stay where I'm at. I'm just going to go back in this whole cycle of drinking beer, watching yeah. football or whatever it is. But on the flip side, you know, you get more energy, you get out there. And I think the final 
final point, the final key is really get out of your comfort zone. As, as an entrepreneur, as an athlete, or anyone that's out there, I call this, this aspect unleash. So I believe that each and every one of us, in each and every one of us, there's a superhero waiting to be unleashed, but it just hasn't been tapped into just yet. So to unleash this superhero could be a simple thing as signing up for your first 2K run. Signing up for your first bodybuilding competition, doing that extra yoga class, or whatever it is that is out of your normality. Mm. So it's like, okay, as, as you know, it, it's, it's just really getting out that little bubble, that, comf- that comfortable bubble that you're in. And when you actually break out of that, you just you set new benchmarks and set new goals. You did, you did your first 2K. I remember I was just like, okay, I ran my first 5K. And when I decided to, and I did, did the Spartan, I did 21K. Back in the day, I would not fathom running 21K. But when I did 21K, I was like, all right, now what do I do? When I did my first bodybuilding competition, I did, all right, cool, I did that one. What's another one? Let's do another one. Yeah. And two, three bodybuilding competitions. Okay, now let's try CrossFit. And I think it's just, being an athlete is just a mindset. It's about setting new goals, setting new match, achieving them, and also being an entrepreneur as well. It's just, you know, if you're not good at public speaking, maybe just speak to five people. Yeah, yeah. Speak to 10, then 20, and then 1,000. But it's just a process. But you need to constantly challenge yourself, I believe. And cool. that's what the Unleash aspect is. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, last question for you. So my brand is called Eat Green, Make Green. I believe that eating green, eating plant-based, eating vegan puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do in my life. Um, so the the make green portion of that is whatever my goal is. And I know eating green helps me achieve that. Mm. So what does make green mean to you? Why do you eat green? Why do you live this lifestyle? So I think making green and living this lifestyle is about being conscious of my impact in the world. And I think I always believe that it's always, you know, our goal is, you know, when we're born into this world, we want to leave the world a little bit better than, than it, than it was before. When we leave, we want to create a, you know, a footprint. And it's not just about us. It's for me, it's about my child. It's maybe it's about her children as well. It's about leaving a legacy and making the world a little bit better. So making green is a conscious mindset, knowing that every single decision that I make has a, a, a direct impact on the world around me. It's all energy. So so when I turned vegan, it wasn't just not eating meat, but realizing that, you know, things like um, sweatshop slavery, you know, things things like that that did not, that, that I didn't consider now I'm just thinking okay maybe I want to start investing in more ethical sustainable sources of clothing and going more organic natural hair care products so it's a, a huge shift so I think it's it, and I believe that you know we're a lot more equal than we are different and I think we just need to really start stop competing with each other and collaborative and, and collectively create change because because, um, I mean, with social media and with the plant-based movement, it's grown so much. And people are starting to be more aware of what actually going, is going on. Now, changing your light bulb, you know, turning off the water when you're, when you're brushing your teeth are cute little ideas. But the best thing that you can actually do 
is change what you have on your plate because that says a lot more than changing a light bulb because that has impact that permeates every cell of your body. So what I mean by that is that because we talk about energy because I think the mental clarity comes from obviously less digestion, but on a spiritual level, I believe that when uh, an animal is slaughtered, that energy doesn't dissipate. When that, that enemy, uh, the animal feels that fear just before it's, it's gone, that energy stays there. And when you consume that, you consume the energy as well. So, so I think energy doesn't just dissipate, it changes its form. So I think that's also part of the reason why I'm a lot more connected and I would say a lot more spiritual and I'm a lot more conscious. And I think eating green is the first step to creating a conscious revolution, to creating change and being a part of the change as Gandhi once put it. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, ple- pleasure, man. It's, it's, been, it's been great. I think we did it. We've been chilling. Cool. Yeah, love it, <laughs> Thanks, love it, love man. it. There you have it. I'm glad I finally got a guest on to talk protein and health and fitness because that really is the reason why most people reach for the animal products. That's why they reach for the lean meats and the steaks and things like that because we think we need it to be strong and fit and healthy. And it's funny that it really does just the opposite. Um, I highly encourage you to follow Luke. Probably the best place to do it is on Instagram. Uh, His uh, name is at live green, live lean. Luke also has a book called Awake and Alive, Harness Your Mental and Physical Potential Through a Plant-Based Lifestyle. Uh, I know you can get it through Amazon, and I highly encourage you to check that out. If there's still some of you out there that are saying, no, like, you know, you can't build muscle, you can't do X, Y, and Z on a plant-based diet or as a vegan um, or you think you need calcium and B12 and all this jazz, I just encourage you to give it a try. Just give it a try. Both myself and Luke here, we've been on both sides. We've eaten the lean meats and eaten what is kind of, uh, you know, the high protein, the low carb, the what a lot of Americans feel is healthy, right? We, we have done that. And both of us, when we switched to vegan, not only have we found... You can still build and maintain muscle, but mental clarity, recovery, uh, just feeling better all around in every aspect of your life is is better uh, with with when you avoid the you know the animal products. So um, you know, don't judge it until you try it. Is what I try to encourage people. Um, and like I said, these are, you know, both, both Luke is a great example and myself, we've been on both sides of the ball and it's had such a profound impact on both of our lives that we literally dedicate our lives to letting people know about it. Um, so have an open mind, give it a shot. You, you have nothing to lose. You're not going to waste away and lose all your muscle or anything like that. So highly encourage you to give it a shot. And if you don't know how, uh, reach out to me, reach out to Luke. And we both have programs that um, help people transition to a plant-based. 
For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle. And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. <music>